Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. Uh, what we're going to do this time round is um, it's been a while since uh, we recorded uh, a couple of weeks uh, and there's been plenty of fixtures in the meantime. Uh, there's been a strange amount of fixtures, obviously, playing the weekend before and then midweek. So what we're going to do, Jake, if it's okay with you, instead of reading every result out, uh, we're going to pick out a few notable performances, uh, big wins or surprises. So uh, do you want to kick that off with uh, just a game you'd like to pick out initially and maybe a player? Yeah, so there's a, a few games you could go off here. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the Nottingham Forest win over Luton. Um just because it was, it, it just maintained their form. Um, managed to get them closer to the top two after they'd been slipping up points. Um, See, so yeah, I thought that was a really good uh, result for them. Thought they played really well as well. Like there's been times this year where I've watched them pick up points and it's been just like quite a poor game, and then they've just had the difference in grabbing. Whereas this was a more complete performance. Um, really were the dominant team, and then Joe Lolly obviously getting a brace. Uh, his second goal in particular was really good. So it was a yeah, good performance in that respect. Cause he he on his day is one of the best players in the championship, and if he can find that form he showed last year, um, in the next few months, then they've got a real chance of securing a playoff spot. Definitely, I think if you look at them now, you've got to say it's they're not firm in those playoff spots, but you'd 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 back them to to get there if they can get Lolly and um, grab and work um, playing consistently and and both offering a goal threat. You'd think there'd be a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot better for it, um, and I just want to mention that there, there were signs there. I thought for Luton as well that they they shouldn't give up hope yet. There were I thought there were some positive signs, but it just seems like a lack of quality uh, across the pitch. They were offering a threat, uh, and maybe could should have put the game to bed in that first half before Nottingham Forest got made the comeback. Um, but yeah, there, there were positive signs for Luton. But if you just they just conceded too many goals, but you know I think that. Um, wouldn't rule them completely out of it yet, but might need a managerial change to to improve things. Yeah, that were one of the games that we talked about with James on a previous recording and said that um, Luton and Forrest, despite Forrest having the better quality of players, that they uh, play similar football. So, yeah, I thought that, you know, it, on paper it might have seemed a bit easier than it was. So Forrest, you know, deserving of the win and, and, and you know, overcame... Uh, that tough fixture, um, a game that I'd like. In fact, you know what? I'm going to pick out two games for Stoke City uh, because they've just won the last two within the week. They were only the side to play against Swansea on the Saturday. So I'm going to go way back, it seems, to when they beat West Brom 1-0, which is which was a ha- absolute huge result for them at the time. You know, big win and came as a surprise. Um 
getting the victory in that one. And then they've kept another clean sheet at home. Like I say, the only fixture on the Saturday, and, and that was their 2-0 win against Swansea City. So they've beaten two teams in, in the space of a week, let's say, and, 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 and these teams are both in the top half. And, and again, like I say, a, a clean sheet to go with it. And that's firmly, you know, driven Stoke, well, they were hovering over the relegation zone. They've, they've managed to push themselves into a 19th position now with three wins and a draw in the last four. So, uh, yeah, credit to Michael O'Neill there. And they now find themselves seven points clear of Barnsley, who are in 22nd. Uh, I'm going to pick out um, another game because it relates to me being a Sheffield Wednesday fan was Wednesday's drubbing by Blackburn, which was 5-0 to Blackburn on the day. And they just basically tore Wednesday apart and yes there was a sending off that's been rescinded in that one with Luongo uh, but that's probably the worst I've seen Sheffield Wednesday play in at least a few years now I can't remember the last time they lost uh, 5-0 at home or or more was was over 20 years ago now so uh, that was definitely a a standout or surprise if you like I know uh, Blackburn have been on a decent run of form at times this season uh, but to, to go to Hillsborough and, and absolutely demolish Sheffield Wednesday was was a diabolical performance by Wednesday but uh, yeah Black, Blackburn came you know kept at it and um, and were worthy of their win by a long shot are there any other any other fixtures you like to pick out Jake? Um, no, I think we've covered all the big ones. There's obviously always stories across the league but I think those, those, those yeah. are the main ones that, that are worthy of discussion at this point. Yeah, the the only other one that I were going to mention quickly um, was QPR's win over Leeds again, which seems way back. I know there was an element of looking in that goal, and you know we talk about VAR enough in the Premier League, but that had have been ruled out. Otherwise, Bamford missed that penalty, didn't he? But that, you know, kept Leeds on on a bad run of form. But you know. In, in terms of transfers, things might be picking up a bit of late, which we will come on to later. Uh, but are there any players that you'd like to pick out that have been, you know, most notable, Jake, in the, in the course of this last week and and the games that they've played? Yeah, there's a few. Obviously, you mentioned Joe Lolly. He was really good in that game um, for Nottingham yeah. Forest. Thought he, he was excellent. Um, if you look at Stoke, you know, you could look at players throughout that team. Um, at the weekend, Sam Klukas and James McLean were both very, very good, both getting the goals, but um, both having an influence on the game uh, as a whole. Klukas was an all-action display for me. He was making tackles. He was getting shots away. He was decent on the ball um, and looked close to the sort of £15 million signing he was for, for Stoke when they when they did sign him. So I thought that was a positive sign for them. Um could probably look at um a couple of Preston players from their their win against Barnsley. Um thought that they played really well as a team, but you know, you got Fisher getting a, getting one of the assists from right back, he had a good game. Uh, and obviously Barkois and getting the two goals. So I think those two had, had good games. Uh, and from that QPR game it, the thing with QPR is they're so entertaining to watch and and it's sometimes been their their demise this year, just how open they are. But they are just when you watch them, they're so good. You had Samuel and Eze between them completed thirteen dribbles against Leeds and just created so much space and created a threat. And it was that direct running um, that just caused Leeds so many problems um, on that day. And you know, Leeds would feel unfortunate not to have got anything from that, but QPR did cause them problems, and I think that gives them something to build on. 
Yeah, definitely. You're correct in saying that. A um, few players that I'd like, like to pick out following on from uh, Blackburn's great victory against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Lewis Holtby managed to score a couple of goals in that game uh, with like I say, with, with a brace there. But um, the standout player for me was Adam Armstrong. He managed to get two assists. Um, and he absolutely, at times, tore Wednesday's defence apart. You know, it was as though they weren't there. That's probably one of the best games I've seen him play. Um, I thought he was absolutely fantastic and was probably um, the player of that weekend for me. Um, but other other player that I'd like to pick out was uh, Camille Grabara's clean sheet in net for uh, Huddersfield against Brentford. Um, I, I often try and pick out a, a goalkeeper nowadays because they, they often get forgotten about, but um, Huddersfield, in fact, the whole defence um, have done well to keep Brentford at bay and not concede a goal in that fixture. Brentford were flying, weren't they? And, you know, managed to get a couple of wins. So for Huddersfield to get a draw in that one, I'm I'm guessing they were relatively pleased, especially, like I say, with the clean sheet where, you know, Huddersfield currently sat in 21st. I bet um, many people would have had uh, Brentford to win that one. So, yeah, credit to the defence and, and Camille Grubara in goal for Huddersfield in that game. Uh, but moving into the topics, Jake, uh, one thing that's been brought up of late again um, is the club, in fact, this time Derby County, which are fighting EFL charges, uh, misconduct charges. Do you Do you feel this is becoming a trend now with clubs rather than accepting misconduct charges are beginning to fight back and 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 what does you know what would that mean for for the future can you see other clubs doing the same and following suit to um you know fight against what the EFL are claiming to be um misconduct it's a difficult one for the EFL because on the one hand you've you've got to if you've got rules there and, and regulations that you're sticking to you've got to to make sure that they're abided by and that, you know, normally it's one or two clubs that fall foul of them and you make an example of them to, to warn other people, you know, other clubs of making the same errors and, you know, breaking the laws in the same way. But when you've got so many clubs being investigated for the, for for misconduct, it, mm. it's difficult because you don't want to completely diminish the competition and, and dishing out 10-point uh, deductions to four, three or four clubs isn't going to be beneficial to the product. So it, it it's difficult, and it'll be interesting to see how they manage it. I think last year they had an easier task where Birmingham were the only ones under that investigation, but now you've got you know three or four clubs and it um, all falling foul of selling their stadium and and maybe not valuing it in the correct way. And it's it, it's it's all a bit confusing as to which rules have actually been broken. It's, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of reading between the lines and a lot of um, interpretation that could be taken on these laws, and that's why the clubs are fighting them because I'm sure they wouldn't have done the things they've done without sound legal advice before making those moves. Because you know, at the end of the day, they are businessmen and they want to. Although they might want to to bend the rules a little bit, I don't think they want to break them. I think they know the risks of doing so. So it's going to be an issue, interesting one for the EFL. I think they've got to. You've got to have hard punishments. You've got to try and stop this thing happening. These things happening. But when it's so many clubs, it's difficult. You know, you, it, it is difficult. But at the same time, there's clubs in the league um, that haven't done this that um, are perhaps suffering for for it. If you know, if, if Sheffield Wednesday go up and and Preston don't, and and you know get a playoff spot and Preston don't, and it, and it's three or four points to that, you've got to 
think that the, the financial advantages that that Sheffield Wednesday may have gained from from working mm. slightly bit out of the laws or bending the rules of may may have caused that position. So it's it's a very difficult one, and I don't envy the EFL at all. Uh, and it will be really interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, I think more teams will fight it because I think all these clubs will have had the legal advice prior to to doing whatever they have done. Yeah, it is very uh, interesting and, like you say, confusing at the same time because I'm intrigued to see now with such a Sheffield Wednesday and Derby County fighting these charges what the outcome is going to be. And, and like you just said, that if, let's say, you know, four, six months down the line, uh, Sheffield Wednesday or Derby actually win their fight against the EFL, then certainly most clubs in the future are going to be fighting the charges set against them because, yes, teams are you know, potentially exploiting loopholes, but at the same time, um, you know, in terms of valuing the stadium, stadium selling it off, at some point the EFL have, have agreed with the sale and yes, it, it, like I say, it is exploiting a loophole, but then the EFL have now turned around and said, well, we've made a mistake in letting you obviously value the stadium at a certain price and we've, in Sheffield Wednesday's case, made the mistake of, you know, uh, agreeing that you've sold your stadium, but then it's not been, been done in the correct time scale. So for me also, I can see both sides of the story. There has to be rules in place. I don't necessarily agree with them all. Um, I think 39 million loss over three years is is not quite enough, um, especially with, with teams that have, you know, in this day and age, you've, you've got chairmen with millions and millions to spend. It, it's, it seems a bit unfair, Um having a chairman for the first time in, in what could be their, you know, an era and, and can't spend quite enough money that, that, they, that they've got available. Um, but so, yeah, I, I agree that there's got to be laws set in place. Um, but at the same time, like I say, where do they put a full stop and, and draw the line? It's a case of the AFL kind of making the rules up as they go along in, in many ways um, and then realising it's it's been them that's the downfall. So, yes, um, like Sheffield Wednesday and Derby, they'll, they'll have their own, you know, legal advice and, and this will continue. So, yeah, for me, it's just a case of seeing what the remaining months bring and if, in terms of Sheffield Wednesday and Derby, I'm also concerned in the fact that if the EFL win on the flip side, um, they're right and, and, and they, they win the, you know, they get justice for fighting these charges also that the clubs are now setting against them, where where this will leave them in the league if there's points deductions in place. Um, you know, if, if it's anything between a 12 and 21 point deduction, then both Sheffield Wednesday and Derby straight away could be, fighting a relegation battle so yeah for me it's yeah i know it's a waiting game but i'm I'm really intrigued to see what the outcome is in in all these cases and, and we've said it before and i'll say it again but neither of these sides will be the first or the last it's it's going to continue to the extent um down all the leagues and and you know it's it's creeping up that more and more clubs are going to be uh, fighting EFL charges because I'm sure that most clubs aren't willing to accept them now. Uh, but moving into the next topic, Jake, I want to know, obviously, this last few weeks or months, should I say, um, we, we recorded probably three, four weeks back and we were saying how West Brom and Leeds were, you know, at one point, 10, 11 points clear of third and 
you know, could they be caught? And, you know, could they even go on to break records with, with a points tally? Um, you know, now, let's say three, four weeks later, um, both sides of it's a terrible run of form uh, where they've, you know, only managed to scrape two, three points in the last six games. Do you think now that either Leeds United or West Brom can be caught? There's only three points in it from second to third, which is Fulham. Um, and also with the transfer window as it is at the minute, and I know Leeds have brought in a few signings, is this now their get-out get clause to confirm you know, automatic promotion? Or can you really see you know, a few of those top six uh, clawing it back? What's your thoughts on that? Um I don't think, he, I think, you know, we're a little bit premature in saying that they were both going to go up. I don't think either of them are guaranteed of that now. Uh, but mm. the past week would make me more confident for both teams um, into what went up, what has gone on for them. Um, you obviously started with West Brom. They they got a, an FA Cup win against West Ham and knocking out a Premier League club like that can can do wonders for the confidence, especially given Village made a few changes for it. Um just gets the winning feeling back, gives a huge, you know, confidence boost to the players, and it gives them a taste of what maybe getting back into Premier League w- will do for them. A lot of like, some of those players weren't there when they were in the Premier League, and it's it's just a taste of it. And I think they'll want to to stick with that and and to get it back on a permanent basis. So I think that's going to be a huge positive for them. Uh, and if you look at their upcoming fixtures, I think they got Cardiff away at the weekend, which. You know, Cardiff on their day can be a tricky game, but you'd think West Brom would be the favourites, and they follow up with um, a home game against Luton. So they're two winnable games. If they win those two, then they're, yeah. they're right back on track. Um, obviously, Leeds, um, they, they've had some time off with uh, the FA Cup not being in it, which I think is a positive for the for the squad, uh, get, give a lot of the players some rest, and, and I think that'll be crucial. And then, obviously, today... Um, Recorded on Monday, they've announced the signing of Augustin from RB Leipzig on loan. Obviously, was at Monaco at the start of the season, hasn't played a lot, only played tw- uh, 10 times in Ligue 1, uh, 8 times as a substitute. But looking back before then, he's he's played for um, Leipzig in the Champions League. He's scored uh, in the Champions League. He's scored goals in Europa League in, in his sort of main season at Leipzig in the 2017-2018 season. He got nine goals and five assists for um, one of the top teams in the league and he only played uh, 1,273 minutes. So he's he's averaging a, a goal or an assist every, under every 90 minutes. So he's averaging one more than one, you know, every 90 minutes, which which is huge yeah. and shows, shows the quality he has. So I think he's going to... It's a bit of a coup that he's gone to Leeds. I don't think he would have went there if Bielsa was a manager. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a player that will suit him well um, and could finally be the end of Bamford in the starting eleven, which I think Leeds supporters are starting to call for. I think they know that he's not the the player that will get get them into the top flight, and and this could be a, a statement signing. Though could be have a similar impact to what Ruben Neves did at, uh, at Wolves. Uh, alternatively, it, it, he might be slow to to get to grips of English football and it might be a slow burn for him, but you think that he is a player that has, has a lot of quality and should probably be playing higher than the championship. So this could be a, a big one for Leeds. It could be the thing that fires them to promotion because I think we both agree that that striker is probably what they're missing between yes. being yeah. the best team in this league or maybe missing out on promotion. It is, it 
could make that much of a difference. So yeah, I'd be more confident if I was a supporter of either club today, I think. Definitely, I completely agree. I think we've said this last few weeks, haven't we, that you know Leeds United and West Brom are the best two in the division. There's only Brentford, really, that I could say uh, could get into that top two, potentially. Um, and we also did say that West Brom, you know, currently on a dip, but it is their first dip of the season. You've got to remind yourself they've only lost three games this season and, and two of those have come in the last four fixtures. So for me, yeah, West Brom... Um, the dips come at the right time and now they've got the opportunity to get right out of it in their next fixture, like you say, uh, with the teams they've got to play. And, and for me, West Brom will still go up this season. Leeds, for me, again, they've done exactly what they needed to do at the right time um, in terms of the transfer window. I, I've said all season on this podcast for the last four or five months that you know the, the transfer window can be a get-out clause for teams in the relegation zone, teams pushing playoffs and teams in the top two again Leeds probably were on their dip at the right time um, and now like you say Bamford's potentially not the right answer they brought Augustine in Bielsa is probably the only manager in this division that you know could have brought a player like that in so again he's proven his worth as as a manager uh, in you know and the players that he attracts and you know I think if Leeds hadn't brought a player in you know, come the end of the window, in many ways, it would have been a catastrophe. And and I could really have seen a Fulham or a Forest or a Brentford catching Leeds. Uh, But now, you know, they've brought Augustine in, a player of that calibre, even if he is slow off the mark, like you say, we've still, there's still, you know, Bamford to play, that they can still win games with the team they've got, you know, they're only on a dip. And I'm, again, pretty sure that they'll, they'll get out of that. Um, so yeah, they've they've certainly made the right move, and you know it's not it's not just a, a player for bringing in a player either. It's it's a player with lots of quality. He'll be wanting to prove himself, and I'm I'm sure he's come to Leeds because you know potentially you know with with the deals that you know are probably in place, he'll be wanting to play in the Premier League with Leeds United as well. So that's interesting, and and not to mention they've also bought in brought in Ian Pervader from Manchester City. I know, you know, he's probably not going to be straight in the first team. He's more one for the future, only about 20, 21 year old. But again, uh, active in the market and it's exactly what Leeds United needed to do. So yeah, West Brom and, and Leeds for me can be caught by like the likes of Brentford would be my favourites, but they've certainly, you know, given themselves um, a better opportunity with a transfer Leeds have brought in. And, and for me, West Brom will, will still go up and they're just on a, on a minor dip at this stage. Uh, but that takes us into thoughts and feelings, Jake. Uh, so you can basically pick any side of your choice that you'd lo- like to t- talk about uh, at this time for any particular reason whatsoever. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, okay, I think, I, I think this week I'm going to go for QPR, I think, uh, and my team following that win over Leeds. I think they deserve a little bit more focus on them. Um, been such a weird team this year uh, under... Um, Warburton, I think they've been pretty solid. Definitely been improvements from um, the Steve McLaren era. But you just look at their results: twenty-eight games, eleven wins, twelve losses, five draws. Like they're so inconsistent. They can go and beat Leeds one day, and then go and you know go and get easily beaten the next. It was only uh, a few weeks ago they lost three-one to Brentford, lost two-one to QPR, lost one-nil to Reading, um, drew to Cholton. You just think if they'd have beaten Cholton, Reading. Um, and hold, they'd be be up pushing the playoffs. It's just that inconsistency that they have. Um, mm. Big reason for that is the types of players they have. You've obviously got Bright Samuel, Eze, uh, Elias Chair, all very talented players that um, can make things happen on their day. They're great to watch, but you know they're still young and they're still learning the game. And, and I think that shows in some of the inconsistency. Um, but it's not a surprise that you've got a lot of Premier League clubs going to to watch QPR. Um, this season and, and keeping an eye on those players. I think Eze is obviously the, the pick of the bunch. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been excellent. It was, I think it's, it's important to talk about QPR today because they've had Narky Wells recalled. I think that's a big one. Yeah. He scored mm. a lot of goals for them this season. He's, he's seen, you know, he's recovered from his time uh, at Burnley, been, having a few loans for us. It seems like QPR's really suited him. He's got 13 goals in 26 appearances, three assists. It's been a really good start for him. Um, and he's going to be one to follow for the rest of this transfer window because I think he's probably unlikely to step Burnley. Um, it's interest from Bristol City in him. I think QPR are talking about doing a permanent co- deal for him. If they manage to do that, that would be a, a massive deal for them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what impact that does have on uh, on QPR going forwards because I think it... It will do. Um, another thing just to, to make a note of is that they got brought Jack Clark in this month uh, from Spurs and loan, but obviously he's more well-known for what he's done at Leeds. Uh, only played once this season. I think that was slightly tied up in the loan rules and how many loan players they're allowed. But last year we saw what he could do with Leeds. He, coming off the bench, he had so many uh, occasions where he made a big impact um, and turn games around, got two goals and two assists from the bench for Leeds last season, and there was just a lot of talent when you're watching it. It's obvious why Tottenham made the move for him. Uh, and playing this QPR team, I think it'll be really freeing for him. Um, I think he could have a big impact over the next few months. So, yeah, I think they're an ex- 
it's an exciting time to be a QPR fan. I don't think they're going to be challenging for promotion anytime soon, but I think you can watch good football there, um, yeah. see good young players, and, and these young players are getting a chance. And I think that, um, you know, if, if this carries on for, for two, three years, they're probably bringing a lot of money and maybe they can then strengthen for that promotion push. Yeah, certainly. I think it's uh, definitely a um, important time in their season uh, this next week. And like you say, with Wells being recalled and, and if they can get any players over the line. But at the same time, it's important that they keep uh, Eberichi easy. So, uh, yeah, good luck to uh, QPR this season. And they are definitely one of the best teams to watch in terms if you want to see goals this season with the amount that they've scored and conceded. Uh, but my thoughts and feelings, I'm going to go with Fulham this week. Uh, Fulham currently sat third. And, and that's why I want to talk about them. If we go back to when they were relegated from the Premier League, really, um, I think... You know, many teams probably wrote Fulham off, even coming down with Scott Parker in charge. And I think that um, it deserves a pat on the back, really, because in many ways he's coming to this division. Um, they were inconsistent when they started the season. You know, they were around halfway, 10th, 11th for the first few months. And slowly but surely they've, they've managed to creep up and creep up really behind Leeds United. We talked earlier that they're only three points behind Leeds now. I know they've played an extra game. Uh, but again, credit where it's due. I think that they've kind of, you know, since the beginning of the season, people may have said Fulham were one of the um, promotion favourites. Um, other people would would have said they'd have struggled. But now that they're sat in third position, they've kind of gone under the radar a little bit and they've put themselves in a fantastic position. And not only that, while we're talking about the transfer window, um, they got their business done early. I'm not sure if they're expecting to bring anyone else in, but they obviously confirmed Cavalero on a permanent deal uh, for the you know a, a reasonable f sum of money uh, but not only that we probably tend to forget that they got Michael Hector as well which was already done you know three four months back now but confirmed in January so he's fitting nicely into the into central defence and he had a fantastic season with Sheffield Wednesday last year so Fulham for me they've also also strengthened and again want to look out for the for the remainder of the season and you know just with a little bit of luck um they could really you know push Leeds United all the way I'm not saying that they will go up this season but you've got to class them as firm you know contenders for the playoffs now especially like we mentioned the likes of Mitrovic and Ukernes, uh, Cavalero etc and the amount of strength and depth that they had got and uh, a lot of Premier League experience so yeah my full thoughts and feelings this week Fulham um, but that takes us into previews and predictions Jake uh, so going into Saturday uh, the 1st of February 12.30 um, kickoff it would be Hull City versus Brentford. What's your prediction for that one? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Jared Bowen's still at the club at this point. I'd probably say he will be, um, based on what, what seems to be happening at the moment. But mm. that'll be a huge boost for Hull. But I think it's going to be a good game. I think Brentford have they've they've laid you know shown shown their ambition by you know playing a weakened team in the FA Cup. It seems they are really going for this this promotion push. You know, got a big game uh, tomorrow night as we record against Nottingham Forest. That's a huge one. Um, but you know, I think I'd expect them to go in Hull and uh, go to Hull and win. Probably think they're going to beat Forest as well. I think this could be a really good win for Brentford. I think that the 
the front three are going to be well rested. Um, I think they're going to, you know, they've got their focus fully on the promotion now, and I think they're going to benefit from that. So, yeah, if I'm going to tip a Brentford win, I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford. Yeah, I am. I've got 2-1 down as well. The only way I can see uh, Hull getting anything from this, like always, is if Grisicki and Bowen are on fire. You know, we know they're capable of getting assists and goals and, you know, Hull can get something. But in terms of quality and, and on the day, I'd, yeah, I've, I've got to go with Brentford uh, based on how good they are and where they are sat in the, in the league. So, yeah, 2-1 for me also. That takes us into a couple of three o'clock kickoffs uh, nearing the bottom of the table. Uh, Charlton versus Barnsley. What's your prediction for that? Yeah, this is this is a difficult one to predict. If you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd have said Barnsley definitely, but they've really dropped off. You know, they've had um, lost to Bristol City and Preston in, in the last couple of the championship. Got beaten at Portsmouth uh, in the FA Cup. Although I'm sure they're not going to be too disappointed to be dropping out of that competition. But it's they, they, they've hit a they've hit a. You know they've stalled under under Struber. This could be a huge one. They, they, if Barnsley had to survive, they have to win this game. There's, they yeah. don't really have yeah. any other option. I think Cholton have been inconsistent. They've not been picking up points for a while, but they seem just to, they keep being able just to nick that draw uh, when you don't expect them to, and and that's really keeping them just above the relegation zone. But with you know the improvement in Stoke, there's huge pressure on these two teams like that. We're not going to have it next season and both of these teams stay up. I don't think that's going to happen. I think one of them's going to have to go, um, which makes this a real six-point. I think I'm going to lean towards Barnsley just because I re- I just have a little bit more faith in in Struber. I think he, it, things are going to improve. I think it's, he would have learned a lot in the last few weeks. And I think that this is going to be a game that they'll be targeting for points. And I think they'll get them. I'm, I'm going to go... 1-0 Barnsley, but I think it's going to be a really tight game and I really really wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw, but I'm going to, going to lean towards Barnsley just because I think they have to win it. Yeah, I can see why you've said that, but I'm going to go for the draw, actually. I really think that you've said already that Barnsley cannot lose this one, really, because if, if they do, they're going to be nine points behind Charlton and Stoke are already on that run. Um, it would only leave Huddersfield, really, that they've got left chase so yeah Barnsley will not want to lose this one in fact they cannot lose this one Um, at the same time Charlton would probably be happy with a point just to keep them six points clear of Barnsley so yeah I'm going to go for one all in that one another three o'clock kickoff around the playoffs two sides in sixth and seventh is Preston versus Swansea what's your prediction for this yeah this can be a this is a huge game. Um, I think Preston have been been improved in the last few weeks. Obviously, back to back wins in the league. Uh, they've had a nice rest as well, so they'll be well rested. Swansea obviously uh, lost to Stoke at the weekend, but you know, one point separates these two teams. Um, Swansea have obviously added that that bit of quality this month with uh, Gallagher and. Brewster coming in on loan from from Premier League clubs. Uh, Gwehi as well has come in from Chelsea. So be interested to see how those three um, do there. Preston have done their own bit of strengthening um, in the window. So they're going to be well up for this as well. Um, obviously bringing Scott Sinclair in um, this month. So it's going to be a fascinating game. Scott Sinclair is obviously a former Swansea player. Got, got promoted uh, from the league with them. 
you know, I, I always, I've said time and time again on this podcast that I think that Preston at home, I'll always back them. So I think that's what I'm yeah. going to have to do here. I'm going to go for the the 2-1 Preston win. Yeah, same again. Uh, 2-1 for me as well, simply because Preston at home, we know how good they can be, you know, at home and they can turn it on on their day. Swansea, you know, losing to Stoke most recently. Um, they've been very up and down. I just got a bit more confidence in Preston, especially now they're unbeaten in three games. So, yeah, 2-1 to Preston for me. I'm going to put you on the spot quickly, actually, because I'm intrigued to hear your score predictions, Jake. So if you just want to give me score predictions for two games, a quick one because it's top versus bottom for both Leeds uh, and Wigan. So Leeds and Wigan, what's your score prediction for that? Yeah, I think I'm going to go 2-0 Leeds. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 Leeds. And then in similar fashion, again, top versus bottom, uh, West Brom play Luton. So what's your prediction for this one? 3-1 West Brom. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 again. I can see both uh, West Brom and Leeds getting 3-0 victories in theirs. Um Especially with, you know, like you say, a couple of these teams having time off because of the FA Cup. And I think, yeah, they'll they'll both go on a decent run of form now. Uh, but with that, we're out of time, Jake. So if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, now be a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jack with two ends. I post anything I do on there. I was on the Premier League show this week as well. Um, that was quite a good uh, discussion on the FA Cup uh, and and whether we should keep replays so it's a little bit championship oriented as well so give that one a listen yeah thanks jake for that uh, and i've been your host at louis shackshaft on twitter but more importantly please follow the show at championship pod uh, we upload and post each show to our pin tweet so you can always check them out as they are tweeted uh, but please subscribe also if you haven't already done so uh, we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.